Good morning, good afternoon, Richmond. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, just after 12 noon here on a football Friday. And I'm broadcasting live from River City Roll in Scott's Edition here on Richmond's home for VCU basketball. And today is game day for the Rams, but in fact, it's actually college game day for all of the Hoops teams inside of the state of Virginia. UVA plays a tough game. Early season opponent against Florida. Uh, that's going to be a really good out-of-conference battle. Virginia Tech against South Carolina. And your Rams are back at the Seagull Center. And I want to encourage everybody to come on by to River City Roll right when they open at 5 p.m., for drinks and pizza and then Saturdays. I love the brunch here. So brunch at River City Rolls, 10 to 3 p.m. Saturdays and Sundays. And Sundays, they have live music. Uh, Saturdays, you can watch UVA or Virginia Tech football with the sound on. And join us at River City Roll. I'll be here every Friday. And then uh, I love coming by here on the weekends for live music, bowling, and the chef-created menu, which uh, has some really amazing pizza. Uh, the best thing about River City Roll, though, on the weekends is the Saturday and Sunday happy hour. Like, you're not going to find this anywhere else around town. A happy hour on the weekends from 3 to 5 p.m., which is so perfect for NFL Sunday, right? Watch the 1 o'clock games, then come over at 4 o'clock, take happy hour from 3 to 5, and you can get a $10 pitcher of the River City Roll beer. And anytime there's a football game on, anytime there's a football game on, they're going to do an awesome combination, which is $20 uh, for a pitcher of beer and a pizza. But you guys know how we like to start the show every day by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. It's not the sports wallet, definitely not the sports phone. Thursday night football began week 10 in the NFL, and that's where we begin on the sports app. So this was an ugly game. I told you guys coming into this that I wasn't going to watch this. Snooze fest. I did tune in a little bit last night. Uh, I had double TVs going so I could watch the Virginia Tech Lady Hokies, but I did tune in as the Panthers drove down the field late in the game. Late in the fourth quarter, it was Bryce Young trying to lead the Panthers from behind, and it set up Eddie Pinheiro to attempt a 59-yard tying field goal with the Panthers down 16-13 on Thursday Night Football. Let's take a listen to the call. Pinheiro's kick is no good. And just like that, the Bears win 16-13 on one of the uh, worst Thursday night football games of all season. But Panthers head coach has not, Frank Wright, has not lost any confidence in Bryce Young, even though he's had a rough start to the season. And I've been saying on my show, look, if the Panthers finish with one of the worst records, uh, they might have to make a decision on moving on from Bryce Young after just one year and trying to draft either Drake May or 
or Caleb Williams. Uh, but let's listen to the head coach of the Panthers, Frank Wright, speaking of his young quarterback, Bryce Young. I feel like he's taking ownership of it, and he's taking probably more ownership of it than he should, you know, because it's a, it's a group effort. But the quarterback and head coach are always going to be at the center. That's just the way it is. And so it's just a credit to him for taking responsibility. A ton of really good games in the NFL this Sunday, including the Commanders traveling across the country to face off against the Seattle Seahawks for a 425 kickoff. Over to the NBA here on the Sports App. Been a rough few days for the Milwaukee Bucks. So Giannis was ejected the other night. Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks lost. Well, last night he had a season-high 54 points. But his coach was ejected, and he turned the ball over two times in the final four minutes as Tyrese Halliburton's go-ahead three-pointer with about a minute and 30 seconds left helped the Indiana Pacers defeat the Bucks 126-124. to Halliburton at 29-10-6. and Benedict Mathurin, who was an awesome rookie last year, sophomore sensation this year, added 26-11 rebounds for the Pacers who did blow an 18-point lead to Milwaukee as Giannis seemed to like catch fire there in the second half, ended with 54 points, but in a losing effort. And uh, I think the Pacers are kind of legit this season. There is a ton of talent on that roster, and this year they're getting the wins to match the scoring output that they're putting up every single night. A big topic around the NBA, though, has been load management with the changes that they've made this season. Well, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver went on J.J. Reddick's podcast and explained the agreement from both sides of the issue with load management. Personally, I hate load management because when I was growing up, you go to an NBA game, it's like, oh, man, I know I'm going to get to watch Gilbert Arenas. I know I'm going to get to watch LeBron or, or Kevin Garnett or Ray Allen. And, you know, the last few years it hasn't been that way because guys are just sitting out and getting ready for the playoffs. Let's take a listen to Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA on load management. There seemed to be complete agreement in the room that this was an issue, that this had gone too far and that star players needed to be on the floor unless they were injured. Let's move over to the NHL here on the sports app. As every day on the sports app, we track Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history trying to become the greatest goal scorer of all time. Well, the Caps are 5-4-2 and two on the season, facing off against the New Jersey Devils. Tonight will be that game. You can watch it on ESPN Plus or Monumental Sports Network beginning at 7 p.m. Ovechkin, just two goals, but six assists this season. I'm hoping he can get one tonight. We move over to college sports here on the sports app with Virginia Tech facing off against Iowa last night for a made-for-TV contest in women's college hoops. And uh, all eyes were on that game. And we'll be breaking it down and giving you a recap later on the show today, a full uh, recap. But the Hokies started strong. Georgia Amor was hitting all her step-back three-point shots. Liz Kitley was you know, playing great in the paint. And they had a bit of a lead and uh, put a scare to Iowa and Caitlin Clark. But then Caitlin Clark caught fire. She finished the game, I believe, with 44 points, including a ton of clutch three-point shots. And she hit this knockdown three-point shot as Iowa, number three seed, would defeat 
Number eight, Virginia Tech in a thriller, 80-76. to Let's take a listen to the call on ESPN2. Clark, step back. Good. Money time. Is there a better closer in the game, Beth? I'm not sure. Don't believe so. Yeah, and, and although I was rooting for the Hokies, George Amor, Liz Kitley, uh, they played great, and they almost uh, were able to send it to overtime late in the fourth quarter. It's just it's unbelievable watching Caitlin Clark. She's literally the Steph Curry of women's basketball. Uh, she was assisting or scoring on every one of her team's buckets throughout most of the first half. Uh, it's just incredible to watch her cook. Uh, yeah, they said on the broadcast, Taylor Swift has her Swifties, Caitlin Clark has her Clarkies, and uh, I'm one of them. I love watching her play. Uh, but we mentioned college sports going on today. UVA at Florida, that's going to be a really tough battle. Uh, Virginia Tech at South Carolina. And, uh, of course, 910 The Fan is the home for VCU basketball, and they're at home against Samford. And big news this week, VCU signs Brandon Jennings, to a national letter of intent. So VCU restocking with more local talent. We talked about the amount of Richmond guys on the roster this year with Roosevelt Wheeler, Joe Bamisell, Jason Nelson, Fats Billups. Well, they add another one for next season. Out of St. Christopher's, Brandon Jennings from Richmond, Virginia, signed the national letter of intent to play with the Rams earlier this week. He's a six foot four guard, was the 35th ranked point guard in the country, and the 13th ranked player in Virginia, according to 24-7 uh, Sports. Um, it's awesome to get him to sign with VCU. Ryan Odom said Brandon is a big-time all-around person. He's an excellent basketball player, a great student, and a great representative of St. Christopher's and his family, and we couldn't be more proud to have him join us. And I'm very proud to say that Jennings, who averaged 18 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists last season for St. Christopher's, will join 910 The Fan, AWOD Radio, in studio next Wednesday. We'll get his uh, opinion on why he chose to play for the Rams of Virginia Commonwealth University. So that's going to be an awesome interview coming up next Wednesday on The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from River City Roll in Scott's Edition. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. It's Crosstalk with MP coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM and always available on the go on the free Odyssey app. Download it today, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And when you click 910 The Fan, you'll see all of our local shows with MP on the mic from 10 to noon. I'm Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. And today I'm broadcasting from one of Richmond's top social spots. That's River City Roll. They've got awesome bowling, a seasonal menu uh, with a ton of great food options, a hopping cocktail scene, and a dog-friendly patio uh, that is covered and heated, live music, and this is my favorite place uh, to be here on the weekends in Scott's Edition. Uh, But joining us right now is Michael Phillips. What's going on, MP? 
Dude, feeling good? Holding it down in the studio for you. And uh, yeah, excited to hear you out at uh, River City Roll. It's a great spot, great food. Uh, I know it's going to be a great program. You got some good guests lined up too. Yeah, I do. So Ed Nixon will join us here at River City Roll at 1.30. And uh, I'm wearing my bowling shoes, MP. I've uh, I've set up my lane and what I'm going to do throughout the show. So there are... I believe 12 commercial breaks in the show, so uh, I missed the first commercial break. For, but from now on, I'm going to do a roll, or I guess, what do you call that? A frame, a fra- right? A frame. A frame oh, is, good. if you do it right, you'll do it in one roll. You'll probably need two, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hopefully, I'll get a couple strikes. Last time I was here at River City Roll, for the first time in 10 years, I had a turkey. Three straight strikes. It Dude, awesome. it, lo- love the turkey. Uh, what what size bowling ball do you use? What, what's your go-to? Um, uh, you know what? I, I don't know. I usually well, use the. I probably would say twelve or thirteen. What would I, you say? I use the ten pounder. I like to fling it down the lane and like okay. feel like I'm like I want the pins to explode when I hit it. <laughs> so I know for a fact my dad rolls a sixteen pounder, and I think part of it he's like showing off a little bit, like yeah, oh, oh no I question. can lift this heavy bowl, but he also doesn't spin it. Right, so I, I spin it, so I do like a, lo- a lighter ball. I'm not here to impress anybody with how big of a bowling ball I have. I'm here to <laughs> knock the, I'm here to knock the pins down. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, we bring M- we bring MP in on the show every day at 12:15 for a little bit of uh, cross talk. If I could just have your attention, it's cross talk with Adam Epstein and Michael Phillips on the fan. It's like that one '90s movie that everybody loved. What's the name of that movie? It's not Cross Talk, but it sounds like Cross Talk. It's Cross Talk on the fan. Oh, Face Off with Travolta and Nick Cage. But this is Cross Talk. And I love because Michael Phillips and I could go anywhere with crosstalk from the NBA to the NFL uh, to VCU basketball. But, Michael, I want to begin with UVA and their game last night against Louisville. I watched that uh, from start to finish, and, man, they had every opportunity in the world to win that game, MP. Yeah, I, I don't know that Louisville, that was their A game there. 14 nothing at halftime. They, they seem to be sitting on it, sleeping on it a little bit. What a wild sequence, though. Three touchdowns in four minutes. The interception, the fumble. It, it, it was a wild game. And, man, that, that just kind of sums up UVA season, right? That they, Against the really good teams, they've shown up to play and they've turned in a great effort. And if they had done that against Boston College, if they had done that against Georgia Tech, I, I think we'd be singing a different song about the Who's right now. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at this uh, Vir- Virginia team, and there's a lot to be proud of offensively with Anthony Calandria, the freshman out there, true freshman, 314 yards and a touchdown. And their wide receivers oh. are so impressive. I mean, Malik Washington leading the ACC, 155 yards and a score. Malachi Fields ha- had a few big plays as well. Um, I mean, they've got a lot going offensively. The problem is is that they couldn't stop Louisville. And uh, we thought it was going to be Jawar Jordan the last few weeks, right? Like when I spoke with Bill Roth of Virginia Tech, he said, watch out for Jawar Jordan. But Isaac Garendo had a 73-yard touchdown run basically to put the game to bed. Yeah, it's, it's a, and we talk about this with the commanders too, right? You can't allow those 73-yard runs. I, that, the, things went wrong on multiple levels when you allow that. He, he gets past the up front, the linebackers don't seal, and then the cornerbacks and safeties can't chase him down. That's a whole team failure 
when you allow a 73-yard run. I, I, Malik Washington, man, you mentioned him. I don't think people realize, because not a lot of people watch UVA football, right? I'm not insulting you right now because you, the <laughs> listener, probably don't watch UVA football. Even UVA fans seem to have turned the page to basketball. I don't think people understand how good Malik Washington is. He will be in the running for postseason awards. He will be in the conversation. Like He's not Marvin Harrison Jr., but he is one of the very best wide receivers in all of college football. He's been a ton of fun to watch. Absolutely. No, and uh, I really was hoping they would get the win last night. They had, like I said, they had plenty of chances. Uh, Calandria had the ball in his hands with about five minutes left in the fourth quarter, and it was a tie game at that point, but they got the stop. Uh, Louisville did defensively, and then the big run. Over to the Commanders, Michael, and they're traveling across the country to face off against the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, have I didn't get to hear it on your show. Have you talked yourself into predicting a Commanders win? Um, I'm sad to say, Awad, that I actually am laying the points with the Seahawks this week. Uh, I've done the opposite of talking myself into this. Now, if you would like some comfort here, I am historically bad at predicting the outcome of Washington Commanders football games. So I don't have an above 500 career record in this by any stretch. This is a team that can surprise. Uh, I like the matchup for the Seahawks, a team that needs a win to stay in that NFC West race. Uh, I think that, that, you know, the same reasons I, I, I thought that maybe Bill Belichick would give some trouble. I think Pete Carroll has has a veteran defense. We'll be able to test Sam Howell. We're, drink, we're serving a lot of Sam Howell Kool-Aid right now, right? That That's the best sell on the on the menu in Ashburn right now I just yeah. feel like we're due for a bit of a course correction yeah I mean he's just been so good the last few weeks and you hope that you know maybe he turned a corner and he won't have a step back or a setback but I do think eventually this point uh, at before the end of the season he will have one or two more bad performances because he's still a rookie he does not have enough experience um, to deal with you know some of these tough tests on the road that he's going to face uh, towards the end of the season and this is going to be a tough one with the 12 there in Seattle this weekend uh, but unlike you Michael I have kind of talked myself yeah. into predicting a commander's win and that's because I think Geno Smith is just a guy he is just a regular quarterback who got lucky in a good situation with Pete Carroll there, uh, but I don't think he's uh, a game winner, more of a game manager. Adam, this is a lesson to all the young quarterbacks out there. If you're listening and you think you'll be an NFL quarterback someday, go to a good team. Don't chase yeah. the money. Don't chase that extra dollar. Go to a good team. How much more does that pay off over the course of your career? If you are on a good team, if you are winning, if you're the face of the franchise kind of guy, that is worth far more to you than the extra $5 million a year the bad teams are throwing at you to come be their quarterback. Go to a good team, always, always and forever. Yeah, no, no, it's a great point there. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, K.J. Henry had that sack that was taken back uh, but, you know, it was still a big play. Uh, uh, can we count on him to get after the quarterback? Will he have the opportunity? What's the defensive edge rusher position going to look like for the commanders? And, and I'm excited for this because I do think this is one of the main matchups of the game. Geno Smith, very good when he escapes the pocket. Very good on the run, keeps his eyes downfield, finds receivers, and I don't trust 
the commander's secondary to hold four, five, six seconds after the snap. It's going to be very important for them to to disrupt the passing game and to keep him from getting out into open space, the ability to find an open receiver, do that scramble drill. I, I really liked watching K.J. Henry last week. I love that Jack Del Rio had his back this week uh, in, in terms of that penalty and in terms of the way the game is officiated. I know sometimes coaches are scared to do that, so it's great to see him go straight there, go all the way with, hey, you know, th- this is a kid who's doing things the right way. I told him to keep doing it the way he's doing it. Because it was. It was a great play. I think you need to see more of him, right? Because Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams, I do like both those guys. F.A. Obata has provided a, a change-up from time to time. But the more of those guys you see the less effective they'll be. That's because there will be more tape on them. There will be you know, that, that wear and tear of multiple reps as the season goes on. If you can get K.J. Henry out there for 20 snaps a game, 25 snaps a game, that doesn't just benefit him and his development. That benefits everybody on the roster. That benefits Casey Tuhill, and that benefits James Smith-Williams as well. Yeah, Michael, uh, great stuff, man, as always. And my buddy Chris, the professor, just reminded me uh, from the great quote from Geno Smith. They wrote me off. I ain't right back though. That, that was a good. That was a good quote. That, man, yeah. they they'd said that. And somebody in DC says that. I'm buying the T-shirt. Yeah. Well, Sam Howell. They you know they thought they were gonna get him down with sacks. Well, turns out <laughs> all you had to do was replace Nick Gates, and uh, you can't bring him down now. <laughs> Tyler Larson, man. Tyler Larson, I believe, is eight two and one as a starter over the last three years with the Washington Commanders. Don't ask questions. Don't break it down. Don't take it to the film room. Just accept it. Love it. And, and roll with it this weekend. That's Michael Phillips. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. And it is game day tonight right here on 910 The Fan. I'll be doing the pregame show before we pass it off to Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby. And I'm broadcasting live from River City Roll. And join us here at River City Roll. We're bowling, live music, flexible event spaces, and a chef-created menu converge in the heart of Richmond's Scott's Edition. And I told the audience I will be bowling every commercial break here. And, uh, J.C., typical AWOD fashion, two gutter balls to start the day. Two dang gutter balls. No. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not warmed up. I didn't stretch at all. I, I, you know, I worked out yesterday, so I could feel it in my pecs when I rolled it. It was, it was off. I've, I've already been told you don't spin the ball, you hook the ball, and so I'm going to be making a ton of mistakes today. I know that, but uh, hopefully next commercial break we'll come back and say, oh, Awad hit a strike or a spare, not uh, double zero. Well, you hate. You know what they say: every mistake is a potential lesson learned, right, bud? Yeah. No, you're right about that. You could come right, out of this us- day being really good at bowling. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I've, I've bowled my whole life. I'm I'm uh, very mediocre. Uh, <laughs> but joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you can check him out on Mondays hosting Who's Talking alongside Frank Maloney. It's Jim Hobgood. What's going on? Hey, Adam. How are you? Hey, Hobo. by the way, uh, you know, speaking of bowling, Hobo, you know, you I'm there? from... Yeah. You- JC, I yeah. can't hear Hobbo. 
Let All right, one second. Go ahead, Jim. Hobo, hobo, hobo. Yes, I'm right, talking. Or, or... Ah. <laughs> we got you now. Okay, good, good. I was just going to say, you know, I'm I'm from uh, Western Pennsylvania. There are two things that you learn in Western Pennsylvania, and that is how to drink beer and how to bowl. So the next time, <laughs> next time you're looking for a bowling oppo- opponent, you know, I'm your guy. You know, I mean. Uh, but anyway, yeah, maybe you need those gutter guards that the little kids have. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm going to be here every Friday, Hobo. So, yeah, uh, feel free to come on yeah, by man, and, yeah, and show me your stuff. For, uh, it's a little early in the day to drink, but I mean, certainly have <laughs> a, 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 a iced tea and a, a something to eat and while we uh, enjoy a little bowling action. But at any rate... Yeah, big big night in college basketball. You say VCU, I guess, at the Siegel Center, and obviously Virginia and Virginia Tech both playing down in Charlotte and I guess, a triple header. I think there's a game uh, maybe Liberty plays before even Virginia plays at 7 o'clock. So, yeah, the college basketball, we're in what I call the transitionary period, you know, where you still have football, but basketball is going too, so there's a lot of action for you to talk about. Oh my gosh, there's so much. And it is the Hall of Fame series from Charlotte, the Spectrum Center tonight, where UVA will play off against Florida. Both teams 1-0 uh, and on the season. The line's UVA minus 1.5. I mean, it just feels like this is going to be a, a really tough battle here, a close game, probably a lower-scoring game. Uh, what's your preview on this one, Habo? Yeah, it's interesting. Florida has a, a guard, Riley Kujel, I guess it is, uh, Kujel, and uh, he's projected to be an NBA a potential first-round pick, and you got uh, Reese Beekman, so that'll be an interesting matchup to watch, uh, you know, Riley in their opening game against the mighty Greyhounds of Loyola, Maryland, had 23 points. Obviously, that's a little different level of competition than uh, Virginia, and you know, Beekman, everybody knows, is a premier defender, so that'll be an interesting thing to watch. And, of course, if Virginia has a weakness, it's probably their interior offense. They're a little thin in the uh, the front court. Obviously, Blake Buchanan is a freshman. Uh, Jack Groves is sort of a – he's a four guy, uh, really more than a five, and he's almost a stretch four as much as anything else can go out and shoot the three. The one uh, individual that was expected to be a force is Jordan Minor, uh, and I'm just looking here. He actually did play 11 minutes the other day. My sense is he defensively is taking a little longer to catch on to the old Tony Bennett pack line uh, defense, which which can be apparently uh, time consuming to get up to speed in that regard. So, uh, but it, certainly he's going to have to play well as the season unfolds uh, and he, he's he looks like a football tight end i mean he's <laughs> he's a big fella not only uh, 6'8 but he's solid he's a solid 6'8 as they would say uh, but yeah it it should be uh, you know florida is picked i think 7th in the sec uh preseason they're coming off uh, i think a 16 17 year last year that they went to the nit but it's it's an early season test. It'll be yeah. uh, an indication. Uh, you know, I, I, we're all learning. Uh, and Virginia, like a lot of people, uh, has a revised roster. So a bunch of guys playing significant minutes that were have never been on the floor in a Virginia uniform before. 
Absolutely, and you know, I, I think most UVA fans will focus in on Reese Beekman and Ryan Dunn to have a good performance, but I think the Hoos get a win if Isaac McNeely is able to hit you know, 40% of his three-point shots and gets double digits. Yeah, they, uh, they made 10 threes the other night against uh, Tarleton State. Uh, you know, the one guy I think a lot of people were anticipating is uh, Leon Bond, and, and he is going to be a terrific player. I mean, I, I think Virginia has three NBA guys on the roster in Beekman, Dunn, and Leon Bond. He's, he's that, that good. So, you know, you got three guys on the roster that are going to play uh, in the NBA. That, that's a good start. So you just need to fill in some of the other pieces, and I think Groves and Rhodey and uh, and Dante Harris. You know, it's good to have a second point guard as well, and he's going to get a lot of minutes. So you know, Tony, I think routinely is going to certainly go eight deep, if not ten deep. Uh, you know, throughout the year, may have different starting rotation or starting lineups depending upon matchups and uh, how guys are playing. So. It'll be interesting. You know, basketball's a long season. It's it's November. It's a long long way to to March. Uh, but I I think the Hoos have a chance to be really good. It's Jim Hobgood, Hobbo with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can check him out on Who's Talking alongside Frank Maloney Mondays on nine ten the fan and going around college basketball in the state of Virginia. Hobbo, how much have you watched James Madison with their two victories against Michigan State and then a double overtime win against Kent State? I I haven't seen a lot of it because uh, I was actually at the Virginia game in person on Monday. So, uh, but but I certainly heard a lot about the the surprising uh, overtime win against the the Spartans. Uh, that that's kind of the early shocker in college basketball. But yeah, it's it's a good time to be a James Madison Duke. Uh, basketball <laughs> off to a great start. Football at nine and zero. Big article in the Wall Street Journal today about James Madison football. So, they, yeah, the uh, athletic program over in Harrisonburg has a lot to be proud of. So we'll we'll see how their uh, season unfolds. Uh, as you say, VCU kind of surprising loss in game one. I realize maybe their best player is not currently playing due to an injury. Uh, but I, I have a lot of faith in Coach Odom. He's a terrific coach, and he'll get things back on track pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, Habo, how long have you been following Coach Odom's career? Well, since the beginning, you know, I, I remember him back in the day when he was riding riding his bicycle from his home to University Hall, you know, when his dad <laughs> was an assistant coach at Virginia. So, yeah, he, he's he's sort of like Tony Bennett. You know, he, he's been around basketball his whole life. Any, anything he can remember uh, involved basketball. So I think those those kind of coaches that have been around basketball their whole life have kind of a head start and oftentimes do very well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think VCU, uh, I know they were sorry to, to lose uh, the coach that went to Penn State, but uh, I think they've got a real find in Ryan Odom. Yeah, I love that story. Do you have any other stories of Ryan Odom from his time at UVA? Not particularly. Obviously, that was that was a fun time to be at UVA. You know, his dad was there back uh, in the Ralph Sampson era, and, and of course, Jim Laranega was on the bench with Coach Odom. So you had uh, Terry Holland, Jim Laranega, and Dave Odom. So I, you know, you'd have to do the math on that. But between the three of them, they have a lot of uh, W's in their coaching careers. Uh, 
But, yeah, Coach Odom, uh, and, of course, the interesting thing about him is Coach Holland wanted Dave to succeed him at UVA back in 1990 when Terry retired. And the then athletic director, Jim Copeland, wouldn't commit to that. And Dave got the offer in the meantime from Wake Forest. So even Terry told him, hey, you got to accept that because you got no guarantees here. Mm-hmm. So maybe Virginia lost out in that regard by not getting Coach Odom to stay in Charlottesville. But he had a great, great uh, tenure at Wake Forest and, you know, some of the great teams with uh, Tim Duncan, Randolph Childress, uh, had a great run at Wake Forest. So I but at any rate, yeah, the the Odom family, uh, terrific, terrific family, wonderful people. I think uh, Coach Odom he'll he'll recruit well at VCU, and they should be uh, delighted and honored to have him as their head coach for as long as he's there. Absolutely, no, that was a really cool throwback story there, uh, going back in the day to UVA when his father was there, and uh, I. I, I... I feel like I could sit down and talk to you all day and ask more questions about it, but we got to run, Habo. I appreciate you taking the time to join the show, man. Absolutely. Anytime. Look forward yep. to it. That sounds good. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition as I'll be here every Friday until the end of March. And uh, this is a great place to come on by and watch some college sports, uh, especially on Saturday. They'll play the game out loud over the speaker. Plus, you can take advantage of their awesome brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. And happy hour here at River City Roll continues in the weekends on Saturday and Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. Um, and, and also, I love the River City Roll beer. So you can take advantage of that with their $10 pitchers. And um, we've got a lot coming up on the show later today. So we've got the Richmond Commander. All right, with AWOD's keys to victory. We will go through the NFL predictions that Brian, the traffic reporter, uh, came up with. And um, he was 13-0 and last week. And so I, I told him, hey, I want you to write down all of the best matchups for this weekend and give me your thoughts on who you think is going to win. So we've put together a 10-leg parlay uh, for NFL hits with the predictions from Brian, the traffic reporter. Ed Nixon will join us here at 1.30 talk a little VCU basketball, and then we'll talk some high school football with Coach Gary Criswell at 2.15. 
Um, but uh, right now I wanted to get back into the Commanders here and their their test this weekend against the Seattle Seahawks. And what is it going to take to win this game here? And look, anytime you're playing on the road, I think you've got to start fast. And uh, that's been an issue for Washington since Ron Rivera's been the head coach, right? Uh, slow starts to the season, slow starts to games. And um, it, it's frustrating as a fan here because it seems like, hey, why can't he get these guys ready to play immediately? Now, I will say, as of late, it kind of seems like they've turned a corner. After the Giants game, that they didn't show up for all 60 minutes, right, losing 14-7. to They had a, a really good start against the Eagles. You lose that one in a heartbreaking fashion, 38-31. Then you have the Patriots, and uh, decent start to that game. And then they really got going in the second quarter. And then great second half, winning that one 20-17. So this is a Seattle team here that uh, it's a difficult matchup for Washington. Number one, because it's in Seattle, and they're 3-1 and one at home this year, and the crowd makes a huge difference. I mean, they scream, they shout, they're super loud, and um, it's going to make third downs very tough for Washington on Sunday. But I also like Washington's chances here because I I think Seattle is not that good offensively, right? I mean, this is a Seattle team here that's led by Geno Smith. He's a a journeyman cornerback. Wide receiver DK Metcalf is their star. Now, he is questionable for this matchup here. There was a late injury uh, this week, so um, I'll have to uh, dive into that a little bit further. But they do have two other good receivers in Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith uh, and Jigba. And then Kenneth Walker is the running back with Noah Fant as the starting tight end. But it's not like this is an offense here that's going to put up 400 yards. Like I really think that this is a Seattle offense that kind of like, hey, they move the ball, they get into field goal range, they can, you know, hit their field goals. It's not like they're going to have, you know, a 90-yard drive against Washington, at least in my opinion. I think this is a Seattle team that really plays good complementary football. Like when their defense gets a stop or a turnover, that's when their offense uh, turns that into seven points with a touchdown. Uh, But they're coming off of a terrible performance against the Baltimore Ravens where they just couldn't do anything on third down. I mean, they were completely lost on third down throughout that game. And obviously, got to give a lot of credit to the Baltimore defense, right? They blitz. They get after the quarterback. They uh, they have all these, you know, disguised coverages when they blitz. And so uh, Geno Smith was a lot of times thrown off of his back foot. But on third down, the Seattle Seahawks were 1 for 12 and uh, missed their one fourth down conversion as well, 0 of 1 on the game. And Geno Smith only threw for 157 yards. Uh, they couldn't run the ball either. And, and I think that's the bigger story right there is because when Seattle's at their best, it's, hey, Kenneth Walker's running for about 85 to 100 yards. Geno Smith throwing for about you know 250. And uh, they score about 20 to 24 points, right? But when they struggle is when they cannot run the ball, and so it hurts their play action. When you've got a guy like DK Metcalf, right, who can knock the top off your defense easily uh, with his speed there, you want to set him up with some play action moves so he can do a double move or he can run a deep post route and get past the, the second safety there. But when you can't run and it is third and ten, it really limits Seattle's opportunities to take advantage of their big wide receiver, uh, DK Metcalf, here, and they end up throwing underneath, and you see a lot more small, uh, shorter throws, quicker throws, just Geno trying to get it out of his hands. And he only averaged 5.6 yards a throw, 
whereas Lamar Jackson, who we know loves to throw short and loves to throw their Mark Andrews, was averaging 7.2 yards per throw last game. Um, so I, I think if you're a Washington Commanders fan, you're looking at this game here, you got to say, hey, we need Jonathan Allen, we need Deron Payne to step up in a major way and shut, at, shut down the Seattle running game and force them to be one-dimensional. And then when Washington's on the field, we've got to be a two-dimensional offense and kind of take a page out of the Baltimore Ravens playbook where they ran for 298 yards as a team. It was Keaton Mitchell. It was Gus Edwards. It was Justice Hill uh, with even Lamar Jackson as well running the ball. And um, they were able to put up a ton of points there. Uh, But another interesting note from that game is it was a defensive battle for more than just the first quarter. I would say about a quarter and a half with it being 0-0 after one, and then all of a sudden Baltimore was able to explode here um, in the second quarter. But Seattle's defense really started the game well against the Baltimore first 15 scripted plays. And the reason I bring that up is because that has been the Washington defense's biggest issue, is they're not good at the opposing team's game plan, their first 15 scripted plays. But then once they get into it, right, and the other team has to adjust and, and audible, Washington's defense has kind of settled in. They've gotten stops. They've gotten off the field, and they've created turnovers. So I do think it's going to be about uh, who can start this game fast. Can Washington, with their scripted plays in the first 15 plays, get down the field and get some points on the board? And can the defense hold Seattle um, and either limit them to three or get them off the field with a punt? And speaking of punts, Tress Way is coming off of a game in which he was special teams player of the week and I I do think this is going to be a field position battle so uh, you know a a lot of people don't like talking about the punter it's not a sexy name but I do think uh, Tress Way his ability to flip the field is going to be important for the commanders to get the win on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks if you want to chime in phone lines are open 833-804-0910 833-804-0910 you can always tweet us at 910thefan or at AWOD Radio. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air as I'm broadcasting live from River City Roll. And uh, I need to let everybody know that live music Fridays and Saturdays starts here at River City Roll at 9 p.m. And I love the football specials. So anytime there is a game on TV, doesn't matter, Monday night football, Thursday night football, Friday college football, Saturday college football, NFL Sunday, anytime there's a game on, you can take advantage of their football special, $10 house beer pitchers or $20 cheese or pepperoni pizza with a house beer pitcher. I mean, that's just a, an awesome combo here at River City Roll. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We open up the phone lines with the Richmond Commander coming up next.